Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. Uh, Mike, uh, what was your reaction to the words Josh Bailey All-Star? <laughs> uh, no, I, hasn't he been an All-Star for, uh, for what, eight years running now? He's to, a first-round pick. I mean, he's to, always been an All-Star. Yes, to us, he's always been an All-Star. Uh, or or no star, but we'll we'll talk about that a lot more later. Uh, that's that's I guess one of the big news things today. But uh, we have a very special guest with us today, the most special guest that we could possibly have on this very show. Uh, our uh, blog's uh, founder and fearless leader, Dom, is with us. Dom, uh, how are things in the great state of Missouri? <laughs> they are uh, straight from freezing like everybody else to now suddenly we have like uh, 50 degrees and nonstop rain. So it's <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Lo- I love sliding home on formerly, you know, uh, wet snow. It's, it's the worst. I don't know. Yeah. But, but it's still cold, but it's not. And it's just, I'm like, every time I step in a pile of snow, my foot sinks in it. It's the worst. Uh, all right. So, uh, you know, it's funny. Sometimes we do this every two weeks and like, uh, Sometimes we, I feel like we don't have a lot to talk about, and sometimes we have a lot to talk about. I feel like it's only been two weeks, but we have a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, but uh, let's just start with like kind of 
looking over the the general, you know, where the Islanders are right now with the season. Uh, so, Dom, we'll start with you. Uh, my always cliched opener for all of these things. If you had to pick one word or phrase to describe the Islanders' season, half season so far, wh- what would be that word or phrase? Uh, for me, it would be vertigo. It's just <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> It's just been outright disorienting. Um, I, you know, I was thinking about this today. Where they are in the standings is roughly where I might have expected at the beginning of the season. Like I thought they would, I thought they would be a playoff team this year, but it would be one, you know, where it'd be a fight to the end. How they've gotten from where they were to now is just disorienting to me. With you know, certain players that I expect to be good having like career years, other players just you know disappearing, the, the goaltending being such an issue, even, uh, I mean, I think the defense plays a role in that, but not quite as big a role. And so it's just, I don't know. I should be used to it by now because hockey's crazy and never makes sense, but it's just, it's just been a disorienting ride to, to get to this point. Yeah. I, I had totally forgotten that I wrote sort of a, a sort of Islanders preview, sort of like, yeah, this is kind of where I'm at. And I basically said like what you just said, like I figured there'd be a bubble team and I didn't know if they would be, the last team standing when that bubble burst. And like you said, I mean, when they start out as the highest scoring team in the league and they're, you know, blowing out teams through October, November, you, I kind of totally forgot about that. And here they are, you know, they're a point out of the playoffs. They've got a, they're, they're tied with Philadelphia and Carolina for ninth place. And they're all trailing Pittsburgh by one point, but yeah, how, how they got here is a very, very strange thing. Uh, Mike, what would your word or phrase be to describe the Islanders? Yeah, I I think it's it's kind of like vertigo is perfect, like dizzying or I was gonna say gut punch. Uh, just just because it, it looked, you know, the way it looked in you know six weeks ago was it looked like oh we were the the fun team and people were starting to get back on the bandwagon and now we're just a, a disappointment. We're we're see- I'm seeing people like getting mad on Twitter that aren't Islander fans about like the Islanders <laughs> situation. They're like, are you serious? How are they messing this up? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, I mean, you, if you, if you said, if you came to visited me from the future in October and said, Hey, the Islanders are going to have, you know, whatever we have 48 points or whatever, um, halfway through the season, write down the script to the season. It would not look like this. No, it would, it would be like, Oh, I'm sure that, you know, we've got a lot of overtime losses and are, uh, are lucky to be here. Not that, yeah, we, we blew the doors off people for a couple weeks and then. Had the door just blown blown right back at us. <laughs> yeah, you know the the, the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would say it was. I mean, and it's funny that we're all using words that have sort of a physical connotation to them. But because I would use exhausting, it's just like <laughs> it's so exhausting and it's so tiring. Every single game is just like a, a roller coaster of emotions. I, I was at the uh, the game, the last game they played before this uh, bye week, uh, the shootout win over the Devils, and. You know, they they were terrible in the first 10 minutes of the period. They The first period, they gave up 16 shots in like six minutes. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. But they finished the period one nothing, And you're like, oh, okay, maybe they'll turn around. They finished the second period tied at two. I mean, okay, they're not losing yet, but it still wasn't a great period. And then but like five minutes into the third period, they're losing 4-2. And then they end up winning in a shootout. And it's just I don't. There's a rookies are scoring go, are scoring goals called up from Bridgeport, and it's just the strangest thing. And it's just every game is a physically exhausting season in in and of itself. 
And uh, I don't even know how I don't know how the players can deal with this because I can barely deal with it. Um, you know, Dom, you brought it up, and we're going to talk about Arthur Staple had a thing today about the negatives so far. He, he's done a three part series. First was the positive, and people yelled at him for being too positive. Now that now the negative one has come out, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, this is kind of what it's all about." Um, yeah, they just their defense has problems. I mean, three guys are hurt, uh, or two guys are hurt. Uh, they're playing a lot of guys that you know really aren't that great right now. But uh, the goaltending has just been really, really abysmal, and and Halak has kind of been better, but I, not not enough that it's going to make a difference unless he gets much, much better going forward. Yeah, it's it's surreal. Like I, I know goaltending can you know waver a bit from year to year too, but. I mean, is so the Islanders have this crazy top six, great offense, you know, and like, okay, that's, that, that might not last as hot as ever, but still had they, had they gotten just even, you know, halfway to the point of what Grice was like last year from him, they wouldn't be in quite the same situation. You know, it's, it's like, I, I know their D has been, you know, weak and it, and it looks a little chaotic and that's all disappointing, but still like Halak is, I mean, he's been, for for what he's been given and, and the kind of number of 35 shots or more consecutive games he's had to face, he, he's given them a chance. Whereas like Grice's uh, performance is just, you know, it, it's been kind of shocking. It's, it's, uh, it's just as much as I didn't expect Matthew Barzell to be as amazing as he's been. I didn't expect, you know, Grice to be as weak uh, for as many times in a row as he's been. And that's, that's just kind of been for me the, the whole vertigo of the season, yeah. like just everything's extremes. Shocking is a good word, and I, this occurred to me too when I was thinking about you know what we're going to talk about today. If it wasn't for the Oilers once again doing their their imitation of Cosmo Kramer coming out of the chute at the airport and landing on the luggage carousel and just kind of like falling all over themselves, um, this would be a much bigger deal because yes, yeah, some of these games that they've been playing have been really really awful, and. Uh, I know Mike is a huge Thomas Grice fan. We've been stumping this for this guy for two seasons now, for the, the entire length of this podcast. Uh, I mean, Mike, do you have any idea, like, what they're going to do with this guy? I mean, what, what could they possibly – I mean, uh, Staples says he's pretty much unplayable at this point, and it's really kind of hard to argue otherwise. Yeah, no, he is unplayable. And, and we are. I think the funny thing is that his unplayability is kind of – maybe helped Halak relax and kind of settle into the starter role that, that he's – wanted and and was used to and came here thinking he had so yeah there's not i mean you can't play him i think i was kind of thinking they might give him the the uh 2016 17 yard halak treatment and, and send him to bridgeport for a little while yeah. um but because i guess you can waive him and nobody's going to touch that contract on waiver so he'll obviously clear and uh but yeah no they're in that's a tough spot to be in with him yeah and and making matters worse is that it's not like they've got anybody in the third spot to kind of like, you know, jump up and kind of grab the reins. Uh, yeah, we needed J- J.F. Barube. Yeah, <laughs> the, the legendary J.F. Barube to come in and, and uh, work his uh, his magic, so to speak. Uh, but we but they don't have that now. They have Christopher Gibson. I mean, I know he's the Finnish guy named Christopher Gibson. That's, the only, that's literally the only thing I know about this guy. I don't know if he's been good or bad. You know, every time I see – Bridgeport, they're either winning five games in a row or losing five games in a row, so it's tough to get a read on it. Um, but you know, but you can kind of extrapolate that to the entire rest of the roster. And and you know, Staple, of course, again brings up that the the third line has been kind of a sore point 
Uh, Brock Nelson has been kind of anchored there because there's really no other place to put him, but he has been, had a terrible season. He's never been a good defensive player, and he's just been – it's almost been exasper- exacerbated to the point where uh, every time he's on the ice, that line gets hemmed in, and Doug Waite changes Shane Prince and, and Alan Quine and Jason Chimera and Cal Clutterbuck and all these other guys, and it never matters because it's always the same thing. Um, I mean, Dom, what, what could they even do – with with I mean if you're looking at just forwards I mean forget about goaltending because there's nothing they could do about that but like in terms of of forwards I mean the only thing they can really do is make a trade right I mean they've kind of rotated I think they've gone through every possible permutation of the roster they they have yeah I mean I I still I, I figure they're going to do some combo of you know if it, it sounds like with Bobillier he's you know, even his short appearances in Bridgeport now, he's he's already kind of rolling and, and being more like the guy they expect. So I figured he'll be called up. You know, I I'm kind of in that camp where I'm I'm tired of of trying these like Alan Klein. You know, even Shane Prince, I like having him as an extra forward, but you know, to to count on that as, as to get you out of it is not going to work. Uh, yes, yeah, like the Steve Gears and and those guys. Yeah. Like I th- exactly. we got past we got past those guys. I yeah. thought you know that was right. Massey Madrimark. He's not you know coming up. To- wow. Yeah, it, Ros- it's, they're it's, roster fillers. Yeah, right. And I mean, we call that you know it, I, I guess you could use Casey Casey Zizekas to to save them maybe, but then you have an even worse you know right. hole on that that other line. Yeah. But um, so maybe you you know you you keep Zizekas and Clutterbuck together, and I, I guess with Chimera or. If you finally scratch him, you know, but put Quine or Prince in that that role, and then I mean, just try to shelter Nelson with Bobillier, and maybe you know, bring up Hosang. They they looked good at, at one point. Um, I mean, to me, it seems like it's been a problem all season. You might as well we'll go with the youth, and I know that's you know, kind of a frequent call for for everybody. But and I'm actually somewhat more sympathetic to the kind of flop to trying to get the flaws of Hosang's game out of him before, you know, having him disappear on a, a line like that. But mm. I, I do think they've got to try to, you know, work toward getting that combo back together somehow or, or some combination that's more hopeful than what we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing is like, this is now they've played 41 games and I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that between, I know Chimera has two goals I'm pretty sure Prince has one and Quine has none because he was hurt for a long time. Um, and so, like, you've got three guys that really aren't accomplishing anything. And, uh, you know, at this point, what have you got to lose by trying somebody else? And, yeah, I think Beauvillier probably comes back after the break. Um, I hope that Hosang would come with him. Hosang is scratched today uh, for the, their game in Hartford, which is another whole other issue that a lot of people are having yeah. i can i can't disagree it, it, it just it's unbelievable and you know it's funny because i went back and read what i wrote last time last year when he was scratching the ahl and the same problems have occurred like this is a team that kind of is is always scraping around the margins and so you know ultimately like you know an ahl player gets scratched who cares but like really for them it's a big deal because again you've got you know half of the roster is just not really doing anything um I don't really know where else they can go. Um, Elliot Friedman floated the possibility that Brock Nelson's name could be out there for a trade. Uh, that would probably be okay. I don't think that you know they're in danger of kind of giving up on some kind of superstar. But uh, I mean, if you if they were to trade Nelson, I mean, Mike, what do you think that they could 
possibly get back or even would want back? Another forward or another defenseman? You think? Yeah, I don't. I don't know because I wonder what his you know reputation is around the league. Right? Yeah. If if you were a, a you know a Minnesota Wild fan or something or you know Calgary Flames fan and you see this guy scoring twenty goals a year basically every year and he's a first round pick and he's got the you know the genetics and you'd think oh you know he, he seems like he'd be worth a shot but like then then you, you like you do take a deep dive into his stats and if it, and they don't look good and so I just I have, I have no clue what the like the general perception of Brock Nelson is outside of the Islander kind of echo chamber. So I I think... mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I was going to say, Friedman says that Nelson apparently has a reputation for being really hard on himself. Uh, Yeah, that kind of caught me off guard. Me too. I I always always thought he was... I always thought he's kind of like a, a not in like a negative way, but he he had like an aloof way about him almost, right? Very, you know, kind of... Looks like he kind of takes it as it comes kind of guy. Looks completely unbothered. He does, yeah. Unbothered, kind of sleepy... You know, Minnesota guy, just kind of there and and having a good time. But yeah, apparently he he takes. I mean, according to Friedman, he takes things pretty seriously, and and you know that's great. But at the same time, like you don't want it to like bring down the entire room when you go fourteen games without a goal, which is I think what Brock did earlier this season. So uh, yeah, no, that's a good question. Like, what is his perception around the league? I know when Josh Bailey, you know, was nominated to the All Star game, I saw at least one person was like, "Who the hell is Josh Bailey?" And it's like, <laughs> or we know what his reputation is around the league, and so somebody's going to find out who he is uh, at the end of January. But um, yeah, I just uh, I'm assuming that you know tomorrow Staple will finish the the series with you know possible moves they can make. Um, I mean, Dom, if you had a, the choice of what move they would make. Uh, hopefully before the trade deadline, but let's say sometime between now and the trade deadline, wh- what would you rather see them do? Would you rather see them sort of solidify that third line, um, solidify the D because Calvin DeHaan's going to be out probably now for the rest of the season. Johnny Boychuk might be back cool. soon, but we don't know. Or get a goalie uh, who is hopefully better than either of the two guys they have. Um, yeah, I'm not very hopeful on the goalie front um, <laughs> in terms of, of bringing someone in. So I'm almost like, you know, that – that we have who we have, and that, and that's just you know you hope they get hot again. Um, but for defensive forward, I, I think it kind of is a matter of who of which one of those is better stabilized by by the guys coming up from Bridgeport. Like you know, it, I know Taves now is out too, but if Aho comes back and and you know he showed a lot of promise for sure, as, as well as maybe some some defensive weaknesses. But when he came up, but like so if he could stabilize. Or if if the forwards could stabilize, then it would, you know, target the other area. But I, as far as yeah, I never hear about Nelson from anyone else around the league, so I have no idea what he could fetch versus like just a similar kind of reputation, uh, you know, similar kind of project, just a change of scenery deal. Uh, well, and one of those one of those guys, Anthony Duclair, is on his way to Chicago. So congratulations, yeah. Anthony Duclair. He's traded today for Richard Panic and Adam Clendenning who I think most people didn't realize was still in the league, uh, which is <laughs> fine. I, th- I thought he was already on the Coyotes at this I point. I, thought, I don't even the know. Coyotes, <laughs> the Coyotes like, traded for him even though they already had him. There's sort of like – I just assumed he was either a Blackhawk or Red Wing or Coyote. There there might yeah. be like more than – I think there might be like six Adam Clendennings in the <laughs> NHL too. <laughs> I realized this week that I had no idea that A, Radim Verbata was still in the league uh, and who he was playing for. And apparently it's the Florida Panthers. So who knew? I, I had absolutely no idea. I'm sure he'll be traded to somebody else soon. Um, yeah. Mike, wh- I, what used would to, you I used to do a uh, – I always – once a year I, I do a 
personal award in my own head where I, where I give away my, my Jim Vanderbeer, that guy still in the NHL award. <laughs> so I got to figure out. Maybe, maybe Clendetting might be the guy. Yeah, and Verbata is definitely up there too. There's always another guy too. Oh, now I can't. And they're usually Red Wings now too, which shows you how, how far that franchise has fallen. They're all Red Wings. Poor friends. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> uh, before I ask Mike who he would get, I know my answer, and that would be, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. To me, now would be the perfect time to have Franz Nielsen on the Islanders because they have the second line center that they were looking for all those years. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> It'd be pretty cool. Uh, you know, if you're Detroit and somebody can float you a first round pick, I would do it and it would make the Islanders look stupid because they're giving up assets for a guy they had already. But I really do feel like he's the kind of defensive player who can chip in a few goals that they're looking for exactly right now. And I know that's crazy, but I'm just throwing it out there. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, Mike, uh, would you would you get would you uh, want somebody? I know you would want Franz back. And I, oh yeah, of course. Him, I, w- I would drive to back. Detroit. I would dive, drive to Detroit to pick him up. Yeah, uh, in there, the snow. Is there any some? Is there somebody like on planet Earth that you would want to get back? Because I don't think that that would actually happen. But. Yeah, I mean, I think actually, if you look at Detroit, I think Mike Green would be a decent fit for the Islanders as uh, well. And All Star, um, yeah, All Star Mike Green, right uh, on his scooter. That he used to ride, but uh, that's perfect for Brooklyn. The scooter, yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I almost like at this point, I'm like wondering what, what the strategy would be around the deadline because, yeah. sure, like five weeks ago, it looked like they should be a team that's that's you know pawning off assets to to go for it. But now you're kind of in a hole, and uh, I don't know. I mean, are do they still go after it? I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and if that's the if that's the case, like Mike Green would be a good fit. They could, you know, fit finagle it, but yeah, that, that's why I, I think to, if I was Garth Snow, and again, Garth never does what other people think he's going to do. So again, much like the Franz Nielsen thing, this really doesn't matter. But if I were him, I would be trying to make a trade now rather than at the deadline because yeah, you don't know where you're yeah. going to be at the deadline. Um, so I mean, uh, Dom, before we let you go, um, like, are you? Because, I mean, Islanders' Twitter is always negative, so there's really no point in kind of like trying to swim against the tide there. But, you know, again, given all the stuff we've just complained about, there's still only one point out of the out of the playoffs with essentially three teams to fight. Um, right. In a really tough division. In yeah. a very <laughs> tough division. Um, so would you say that you're hopeful going forward, uh, pessimistic going forward, or sort of in the middle, let's see where they're at, at the all-star break kind of I think I'm I'm hopeful and confused <laughs> hopeful but confused hopefully confused well, well there's yes. our title for the episode so thank you very much I'm going to write that down nice. <laughs> but it, also with the caveat that my I mean I'm I'm not I don't think I could survive if if I were you know the non-stop negative fan here but I'm also like my hopes are just constantly tempered because they're used to being crushed so like my hopes are like going into the spring thinking like, man, wouldn't that be wild if this happened and this happened? And maybe, you know, for a few weeks, I could think like they have a chance. So it's like, I mean, other people start from this team needs to win a cup. And anything short of that is, you know, things are starting to fall apart. Whereas I'm just resigned. And I, I like, I don't even, I mean, I, I don't even dream like that. I do like maybe a couple, a couple days out of each year, I let myself dream that way. And then, uh, you know, reality hits. So, but I mean, no, I, it, it, as confused as I am by how they've been, I feel like part of it is a little bit of, you know, defensive structure or, or commitment to defense and, and from the forwards as much as the D. Um, 
this uh, this is a team that should get into the playoffs and unless it draws Tampa uh, um you know make make some damage and give us some fun and 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 have us learn about okay what else do they need to do that they probably won't do to build off this year if, assuming they keep Tavares and, and everything else so yes hopeful but confused and, yeah. and resigned I, I think that that probably covers <laughs> covers a lot of us there because yeah. Um, in one more thing, in, in Staples' piece, he does mention that they're probably gonna. That's what they did last year when uh, they hired Doug Waite. Was Doug came in and kind of cha- made some changes in the D zone, and and it actually helped them kind of go on that crazy run that almost brought them to the playoffs. So hopefully they can they can work that out. And, <laughs> yeah, we'll see see what happens. But uh, Dom, thanks. I'm glad we could finally hook up. We probably should have done it earlier this season, but. I'm glad we found no, this bye week to do this, and uh, yeah, I don't know, good luck with the weather out there. Same with us here, but uh, hopefully it's stable. Yeah, likewise. Itself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Talk All to right. you later. Okay. Right. Catch you soon. Yep. Bye. All right. So uh, yeah. So hopefully uh, uh, they can make some changes in the D zone there and and fix things up. But it's funny when when Staple wrote that because. Uh, I thought to myself, and actually I tweeted this the other day, that you know, watching them uh, kind of flounce around in the, in the D zone, I, I get the same impression that I got during the sort of last days of Capuano where guys were so overthinking their, their assignments that they end up kind of standing around with nobody around them for like 15 feet. Meanwhile, a goal is scored – you know, because somebody kicks the puck out of the corner to a guy who's completely uncovered by somebody else. And uh, I got really pissed off about it because this is what we saw last year, and I don't want to see this again, and I didn't expect to see it again. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, we covered a lot of stuff here, but, like, I mean, do you think that that's even possible to that they can make these kinds of changes? I mean, uh, I don't know. I, 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 th- I mean, should and 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 I think obviously you know losing to Han and Boychuk at the same time definitely yeah. you know kind of compounded we, everything. We don't talk about that enough, but like it is that it's a huge problem and like right and then, probably should give them a little and bit then of the fact that right and and then the, the, the coaching decision to instead of you know giving somebody who can you know move the puck and move himself over you know rather than Dennis Seidenberg you know kind of compounded the problem problem even further. Um, but you know we've we've kind of beat that horse dead. It's the new Brian Strait. Um, <laughs> One thing I, I like, like I like to think about as the season goes on is you know what 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 does the Islander goal look like and what does the Islander goal against look like? Whereas like the Islander goal right now, we kind of have a good idea of what you know how the Islanders score. You know you can see it in your head, you can picture it. It's happened so many times. And then the Islander goals against, honestly, it's hard to pinpoint like where where because there's so many problems, right? right? Like you were saying, like that, that there's there's really like a lack of coverage when the puck goes in behind the net. Like you'll see somebody some for somehow loses their man, you know, in the slot, and right. it's going to end up in the net. Or there's just someone not closing on someone coming over the blue line. Yeah, there's so many different yeah. Islander goals against that that cross through your mind you right know, that, now. That's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's a good point. Like there, well, I mean, there are some soft goals. Let's put it. Let's be honest. There are some. In in the words right. of the great Butch Goring, there are some that these guys would definitely like back, and he's not wrong. <laughs> they definitely would. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of, like, stick checking and kind of, yeah, losing your guy on a rush, uh, losing your guy and not, like, just not moving your feet. And I know it's a cliche and it's stupid and, like, you know, we talk about – actually, we, we, we like to kind of, like, look at actual data here and we're not, like, you know, eye test type of guys. But it's pretty clear to see when a guy's not moving his feet and he's kind of, like, got his stick out there – um, and then Sidney Crosby just sort of blows right by him. 
it's pretty obvious that there's a problem there. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it was frustrating towards the end of almost about the same time last year because uh, Capuano was fired right after Memor- uh, Martin Luther King Day. That yeah, I mean, it was clear that they were they were atrophying themselves in in the zone because they just didn't know what to do and like they were overthinking it and it just led to goals against after goal against. Um, but that team did not have the offense that this one does. They didn't have mm-hmm. Matthew Barzell, obviously. So, yeah, like I, I agree with Dom. Like, you know, when you look at this team, they, they should be a playoff team. But I, I would say, I mean, hopeful but confused is, is probably the best way to put it. I, I'm actually slightly hopeful only because I know they got, you know, three teams to fight with, but they're all kind of in the same boat and they're all incredibly flawed. I mean, the mm-hmm. Flyers. I mean, their backhand is – they got Dale Weiss, who has less points than Andrew McDonald over the last two years, which is really <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Hurricanes – Yeah, I think their, their top top line is like scoring 67% of their production, yeah. the Flyers. And they're awesome, so I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. And, the, and Elliot's playing really well, I believe, too. So. Right. But like their D is kind of a mess. I mean, outside of Gostas Bear, I was on the uh, Broad Street Radio video thing and we were – me and Steph were both trying to be see who could be more pessimistic about their team's chances, and of course the Flyers won, so they sh- <laughs> I win. Sorry, um, but uh, you know then the, the Hurricanes are still running Cam Ward out there, and it's like you got to figure at some point, you know they they won a huge game, they shut out the Penguins at home, it was huge. Here where they come, they're in the playoffs, and the next night he got blown out by the Bruins seven to one, and he didn't even make it out. Of, he he gave up two goals yeah, and think, two shots, and they pulled him. Uh, yeah, I think they gave up four. They ended up giving up four on four shots. Yeah, which is uh, crazy. Yeah, and they just left Scott it's, Darling in for the rest of the game. So I mean, and the Penguins, it's just like every week, you know, they they look good, and then all of a sudden they just kind of fall apart, and people write, "Oh my God, what's wrong with the Penguins?" And then they look good again. And yeah, they, they were, apart. someone was trading for Chris Letang like two weeks ago or yeah, something, right? Right. So <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're fighting with these other teams, um, but you know, they're all very flawed. I mean, Columbus too has kind of stumbled a little bit. They got a lot of dudes who are hurt. Um, the Devils. The Islanders were their fifth loss in a row, and although they got a point out of it going to the shootout, you know that's a team that, man, nobody knows what to make of these guys. So I- I'm hopeful. Normally I'd be like, oh, come on. They're not going to jump over all these teams. But there are reasons to think that they could, but there are obviously a lot of reasons to think that they that they won't. So uh, so I don't know. It's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty wild. Yeah, it's it's funny too because you know you and I will sometimes catch some flack from people and 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 not just you know people who listen but like loved ones that that were so um, you know pessimistic about things and and that if you listen to this podcast even in the best of times like it sounds like the world is falling well like if you if you think about you know a month and a half ago or two two months ago when we were recording and the Islanders were flying we you know we we we've been around the block long enough with this team to know that you know something was going to hiccup at some point. <laughs> And just yeah. because you know they were scoring at an incredible rate, but they were still you know letting in goals at, a, at an even more incredible rate. Right. Like some at some point, that's going to catch up to them, and it did. And right. now they have to figure out a way to you know uncatch up from it yeah. or something. I don't know. Like they got to yeah. they got to write the ship quick. Yeah, it's it's funny because like I think we all figured that. I mean, they can't possibly give up four goals a game for an entire season. Eventually it's, a, this is just a blip. It'll eventually it'll straighten itself out. Well, like you said, it has not <laughs> there. And you know, they, they're giving up, you know, 30, they're averaging, you know, whatever, 35 or 40 shots against, which is never, not a good way to win games. And so, uh, yeah, you know, my thing with, when I look back wistfully, look back at the first, uh, quarter of the season is that they were winning, but so was everybody else. And that's what was so frustrating was they, there was no separation there. And it's by the grace of all of those wins 
although they, they didn't pull away from anybody, if they hadn't had all of those wins, they would be in the exact same spot now that they were last year. Uh, so it's a good thing that they banked those wins, even though, again, it was frustrating at the time because they couldn't, you know, they would win and then Columbus, Jersey, and Washington and Pittsburgh would all win. So it's a good thing they got them all, but at the same time, like, they're kind of coasting on those now and they've run out of room. Like, they're now at this point, again, every loss, you get further and further down out of the playoffs. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's, you know... It's been a roller coaster. It's been vertigo. It's been gut punch. It's been <laughs> all of these these terrible things. But uh, <laughs> it, it's it's funny though because um, uh, and, and I and uh, this is a good transition actually. One guy who I can totally say is always always positive when he talks is Islanders co owner John Ledecky. Uh, he was on WFAN this morning with Boomer and Geo. Uh, did you get a chance to listen to it? Did you listen to it? Like, no, I don't listen. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm not, I'm I'm contractually obligated to never listen <laughs> listen to Boomer. Uh, well, you know, you, you know what? I I I should sign that contract too because uh, you know I couldn't take the shtick. And he's like, oh, you know, he was talking about Matt Martin playing for the Leafs, who's who's better than you guys are now. And it's just like, man, I can't. This is just so stupid. This, the whole yeah. Life. I actually got into a little bit of a uh, uh, tiff with with Boomer outside Barclays. Like when? Dinner once. Just. Uh, after the Islanders beat the Rangers, I guess it was either last year or the year before. I went to the wow. game with wow. my brother and my dad. Yeah, it wasn't a tiff, you know. I was yeah. Boomer obviously would beat the shit out of me. I right. I was uh I <laughs> I was just you know talking shit to him. Yeah, basically. Did you say hey, it's Phil Sims, and then he came over? <laughs> <Yeah>. and- <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, his whole like sort of like goofing jocularity, jokey thing was getting on my nerves today. However. The actual interview was actually pretty good. If you could stand, if you could stomach to listen to it, and if you want to break your contract, I won't tell anybody. Uh, I have to. I have to get a waiver. Yeah, signed. <laughs> it's a one-time waiver. It's all about a, about a half hour long, so it's not that bad. But uh, I'll tell you, man, John Ledecky is one of the most positive people I have ever heard, and the total opposite of pretty much everybody that's ever been connected with this team going back decades. Like I've never heard anybody talk about the Islanders the way he does. He's like a hype man. I mean, it, it, even like, you know, like Chris King, who's been calling games forever and is a very energetic guy, uh, even he doesn't talk about them in these glowing terms like, like Ledecky does. And, and it was a very wide ranging interview. Uh, he talked about the Coliseum thing, obviously. He, his, his thing is it's up to the league. That's what they were looking at. I mean, I don't think anybody really believes that. <laughs> obviously, the team is going to have a say in whether or not they, they return to Nassau Coliseum, but uh, he's kind of putting it all on the league. Um, he he mentioned the words fifth Stanley Cup about twelve times, so you know he's trying to he's trying to get that in there. Um, but um, you know he he just he has this he comes in and he's like giving out presents and he's talking about old shows on WFAN and he like he knows these guys and and Geo I don't know what his name is but like they looked up his old football number when he was in high school and they gave him a jersey with that number on it and he was like oh my god how'd you guys find out and like you know it's like they're a government agency or something and they're like you know doing background <laughs> checks on him but uh it was just so positive and and so so energetic that I was like this is phenomenal like this is great I love this and then immediately after it was over I thought to myself I don't know how this is, you know, how this is going to actually work out in reality. And he's just, uh, he's a very interesting dude. And I just, I hope that I, you want to like him and you want to hope that all this stuff works out because I mean, he's just so positive that uh, you want to, you want to go along on this ride with him. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, yeah, he's infectious and, and it's funny now, like he's just at every game when, when right. they're playing at the Barclays. So yeah. it's, it's, it is, I mean, you do, you want to like, 
uh, I guess, yeah, you want to like be in the car with him wherever he's going and, uh, and would, I, I, I want to take him at his word for it, but it's right. just so hard to do it. I know. For, he, and not, nothing against him, just owners in general. And Well, it's, it's owners in general and it's Islanders in general. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing. And I, I had a whole thing, a whole spiel thought out of my head on the bus today. And of course now I totally forgot it, but it's, it's almost like he's the exact opposite of like the fan experience, what the fan experience has been for the Islanders forever. And it's like he runs completely contra to that, you know. So it's like, I mean, every day on Twitter, I, I tell myself I gotta, I gotta delete the app, I gotta get off of this thing, I gotta delete my account, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's tons of negativity, and I don't mean like when I say negative, I don't mean that it's just like people, you know, that are completely out of their gourd. I mean like. People with good reason to be negative, like they look at numbers, they look at data, they look at history. I mean, I get why they're negative because I'm negative too sometimes. And the fan experience for being an Islanders fan has not has not been known for being fun. Like there's not, there hasn't <laughs> been a lot of fun to be had. I mean, you and I are almost you know we're here all the time having fun in the face of of a lack of fun. You know, I mean, between the arena stuff and the losing and the the Tavares thing, and now you know Josh Bailey. Hey, Josh Bailey's an all star. Oh, he's also an unrestricted free agent. Like it's that's exactly and he's hurt. <laughs> And he's hurt. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like that's the perfect encapsulation of sort of Islanders fandom. And here comes this guy who's got a ton of dough, which is another thing the Islanders are not known for having. And he's ready to to do all this stuff. And you just I I just I want to believe this guy. And he's like he he wants to talk to the fans about what to put in the new arena. They're selling Belmont shirts at at this team store with the logo and the O in Belmont. And uh, I was just like, this is great. I'm eventually one of these days I'm going to actually do this. Um, I'm going to start a, a a thing called Where in the World is John Ledecky? And I'm going to compile all the, the pictures that the Islanders tweet. <laughs> Today he's in Bridgeport. He's in Bridgeport taking in the game, and they, they tweet pictures, and he's like shaking hands with people on the bus and the, on the train. And uh, I was just – I was blown away by how how energetic and down-to-earth he is. And then, uh, you know, eventually it was like kind of back to the same grind, and I'm like, oh, God, now i got to – Talk about, <laughs> you know, Joshua saying a scratch story, you know, oh, my God, this guy's hurt. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, um, like Mark Cuban and that, that crazy guy who owns the Clippers or whatever team he owns. Steve, Steve Ballmer. But, yeah, Steve yeah. Ballmer. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's like we have like that guy light in, in Ledecky. You know, he, he seems to actually care and, and be a fan. And one thing, you know, I, it, it's a pipe dream, but I would always want, I want, I would love an owner for him to just be like, you know, like, Talk talk about granular things, you know, almost. And and I know he says like owners own, yeah, own thing and whatever. But like I would like him to say, you know, it's obvious like there's an issue or something. It, it, an honest assessment from an owner rather than a PR spin, uh, you know, <laughs> putting a smile on everything would always be nice. Uh, but you know that that'll honestly never happen. <laughs> yeah, his, with any with any owner with any no. owner. Obviously. Yeah, his line today was owners own GMs manage and coaches coach and any owner that thinks he's a GM or coach is a fool. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, it would, it would also, you know what? Actually, I take that back. I just want him to tell us what the hell is up with Garth Snow's contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would definitely be a start. Um, it's funny today too. Uh, on ESPN, uh, Greg Wyshynski wrote a thing about GMs that are on the hot seat, and it was essentially like Mark Bergevin, Peter Chiarelli, and that was about it. And he responded on Twitter like, "People keep asking me about Garth Snow, and it's like, you know, a he's done a pretty good job." B, you know, he's tight with Tavares or whatever. And C, uh, apparently he's got this kind of crazy contract. And, of course, the response was, what, can you, what do you mean he's done a good job? And 
uh, that's a very divisive thing. I mean, you could you could argue he's done an okay job, but I mean, I think ultimately, when you look at this sort of totality of eleven years on the job, it's kind of hard to say that his it's been a success. <laughs> I right. think even the even the staunchest you know snow uh, uh, defender would would be hard pressed to call it a success. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, and and you know. He's got he's got nothing but good things to say about everybody, Ledecky. He was talking about what a great guy Brett Yormark was today because they're like working with Barclays to you know kind of figure out the whole situation. And I'm like, yeah, I guess he's a great guy. <laughs> like you know, most Islanders fans think of him as the guy with the black jerseys and the and the. Uh, the- I feel like we have some hard evidence con- to, to contradict that, John. But whatever, <laughs> we'll take your word for it. It's possible. It's possible. He was Brett Yormark used to be very vocal on Twitter and like you know just kind of used it a lot for a guy who was a CEO of a big company. But ever since like about a year and a half ago, I've noticed he basically just tweets out like you know retweet this, retweet for, this yeah. for a chance at seats. And I'm like, yeah, I bet I bet he hears I a think, lot of you know. Yeah, we quashed him. I think pretty much. Yeah, I would think. We we broke him down. But- it's 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 impossible. Like the thing with Ledecky, like for an owner, like for any owner of the Islanders, they have to be able to overcome the fact that you can't pull anything over on Islander fans because we've already had everything pulled over on us, like unimaginable. <laughs> so like every trick in the book has been done from from fake fake money to right. you know right. to guy trying to get sumo wrestlers on our right. hockey team. Like so it's yeah right, Got it's it. all been done. So we're we're like we're on our toes. We're like we're not going to let you like get away with stuff like like right. anything at this point. We've had guys come in and print T-shirts talking about the fifth Stanley Cup and like tweaking Rangers fans and stuff like that. So yeah, no, that's that's definitely it. But again, that gets back to what I was saying before. Like it's just you know he he is the antithesis of the cynicism and negativity and fatalism, as Arthur Staple puts it, of the fan base. And you know I just hope he's right. Like I hope that he he can take the team to that promised land because I don't want to see him fall into the, the bin with those other guys you just mentioned, you know, the, the scam artists and the, and the goofballs and the, the absentee guys who, you know, are living on a boat in Florida while the Islanders keep two <laughs> dimes to rub together up here. Like we don't want that to happen. I don't think that'll happen at all. Um, you know, people keep asking what I think of the Belmont thing. And I'm always like, you know, it, it's not that I don't think it'll happen. I do think it'll happen because a lot of people with a lot of power and a lot of money want it to happen. Uh, it it's gonna take some time, but at the same time, like I am, I am reserving a bit of of enthusiasm just until I sit down and I'm like, okay, we're here now. Let's do it. Now I'm enthusiastic about this. But you know, you just kind of want to see it happen before you can actually get too excited about it. And I feel bad that that's the way it is, but I just you know, I can't. I it's unfortunate. I almost feel like. As, as clued in as Ledecky probably is with the fan base because he hears from them all the time. I think he he has to understand that we're just the most we're like I, I've used the analogy before the Islanders fans are like abused animals like we're just distrustful of humans we kind of hide in the corner you know loud noises scare us and we just automatically <laughs> assume the worst and you know we, we'll barely eat if you could leave food out for us we might not even eat it we'll just we're we're just too scared for you so uh, I don't know. But it's definitely you should definitely check it out if you get a chance so, so. yeah uh, I think that's that's a good. It, uh, that's a perfect analogy, actually, because I, I actually can picture my, myself in my Islander jersey doing all those things. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I was actually on the bus coming home uh, from the Devils game, and the uh, guy sitting next to me was uh, was going. I was on the same bus, and he was wearing a Brian, Tr- Brian Trottier jersey, and I had my uh, LaFontaine jersey on, and I had my coat over it. And I told him, I'm like, I'm wearing a LaFontaine jersey here. He's like, I got two of those. 
I got two. I, I got a white. I got a home and a way. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I spent my life savings on this one. So. Uh, okay, so uh, so the Islanders are on their break right now. Uh, we're recording. Hopefully, this it continues. Yeah, I would love for the break to last like three more weeks. Yeah. Um, well, it, well, well, we'll talk about that in a second because yeah, their their break came at a weird time. So they changed the way they did the buys this week because last year, if I don't know if you remember, I totally forgot about this, but like all the teams coming out of the buy got completely smoked by teams that that were not on the buy and we're still playing. And so now they've got a lot more teams on the buy and the Rangers are on theirs too. And lo and behold, the first game back one o'clock at the garden on Saturday, uh, I might just totally skip it and go with my family to see Paddington too, which I hear is very good. <laughs> we just saw Paddington on New Year's Eve. It was actually very funny. If you have kids, you should check it out. It's very cute and very funny. You'll get a lot of jokes. It's almost like Arrested Development. You'll get a lot of the jokes. Um, but yes, so they, uh, they got the garden at one, coming off of the bye, and then on Monday, uh, Martin Luther King Day, they're in Montreal, a place they literally have not won since 1982. Uh, and I know that's not right, but I just say it anyway. And then the 16th, the ni- next night, they're home against Jersey again. Uh, and then the Bruins, who are just a buzzsaw right now on Thursday, and then they're on a road trip to Chicago, Arizona, and Vegas, and then it's the All-Star break. So they will get kind of a break coming up soon again. Uh, but this is a very bizarre and weird schedule that really kind of scares me a little bit. You know, I don't know where they're going to come out at the end of it. Yeah, and and just starting it with the Rangers is is yeah, really so not fun. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I'm a it's a one o'clock start, so it'll be nice to have have your entire day to to stew over that one after <laughs> after they lose, you know, in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be rough. And and I, I was. I mean, I was kind of already worried about that. I had no idea. I thought for sure that they would be off again until Tuesday when they played the Devils again. But I, I looked and I was like, oh, man, come on. They're playing the Habs. Like, geez, I hate when they play the Habs. They just suck again. And it's unbelievable that the, the Habs could be the worst team in the league. And yet the Islanders will play them. And it's like 1978 all over again. And everybody all of a sudden is Guy Lafleur. It's unbelievable. I mean, David DeArnais, we've talked about before. He's not even with them anymore. And I'm afraid he's going to score against them. Some, some <laughs> I, I think I can, I can like vividly remember one win against the Habs. I don't even know if they won the game, honestly, but, the, but Ryan O'Byrne. Yes. Had that own goal. So yes. that's, that's, that's like, that's it. That's like my only good memory about oh, them. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Was Ever, that- was I, somebody else just showed me that? Oh, I got to put the, the the video of that up. I just saw yeah, that he, one again the other day. Yeah, he. I think the Islanders were you know down three two or something, and the uh, was it like a delayed penalty where O'Byrne yeah. shot it at someone's shins? It might have been Doug Wade's shins. It honestly, was. it was Doug. And he's yeah, and, and he, he scored. Yeah, yeah. He just turned around and like just put it in his own net. Yeah, there was. I think it tied the game actually, or maybe made two one Islanders again. I, I'm with you. I don't remember if they won the game or not. Uh, the only game I honestly, I mean, the 1982 thing I'm joking about, but the only game I remember them winning in Montreal, of course, was the great Thomas Hickey overtime. Oh, game, right. Uh, which is still vivid memory in my head. I can still see Tavares like giving him the big hug. So, uh, you know, the yeah, I, was not- at Crox- I was at Croxley Ales for that oh game. I remember that one too. That place is still open. <laughs> oh it sure is. I remember actually, I remember when they won that game, I was, they had like a hockey night promotion right. and, uh, so every th- I think it was a Thursday. Every Thursday they're like, "Yeah, come in," and it's like two dollar bats. So we went and you know t- just to get the Islander game on in a sports bar at that point was was impossible. I was like, "Can you put the Islander game on?" They're like, "I don't know what channel is it on." Yeah. Do they do they show the Islanders on TV? So it was like during that era. <laughs> wow, so, that's awful. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, wow, that's that's pretty. I, I just remember being there and just again assuming that they were going to lose, and that was Hickey's first goal, I think, as as an Islander, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then yeah, the Devils game, um, you know, they're, they're kind of similarly matched. Uh, I don't know if the Devils are going to have a game between then and now. I assume they'll have a game before that. Um, and the Islanders really need to win that one. The game against the Bruins, man, I don't know what to make of these guys. They're just, I mean, at this point, I'm ready to just give the, make the Eastern Conference, just fast forward to the Eastern Conference final. Bruins, Lightning, I don't know how it's going to work, but just make that happen because they're just the two best teams out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Chicago, you know, if if Anthony Duclair hasn't scored for Chicago by next Saturday, that will be the game he (laughs) scores the first goal. Uh, His first goal is a Blackhawk. And then Arizona, you got to beat. I'm sorry. You just got to go with Arizona and beat them. And Vegas... You got to hold on for dear life because <laughs> you're probably going to lose that game. But uh, you know, it's I don't I don't know. This looks like normally I ask for the best case scenario. We just had a whole conversation about being positive and John Ledecky being a positive man. I'm looking at this like seven game stretch, eight game stretch, and I am anything but positive. So I don't know. What do you feel like? Yeah, no, I'm gi- I've given up on the season already. <laughs> so <laughs> All right, well, that makes it easier. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's it's just. They, they, I, re- I just feel like they had a, a, a really good shot at, at doing something and, uh, they squandered it in around Thanksgiving or, you know, in between the two holidays somehow. Yeah. And that, that, that just goes to show you where, where, yeah, where I'm at as a, on this team right now. No, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to describe, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to, not going to disagree with you. I mean, that's true. And, and you have, you pegged the, the time of the year. Exactly right. I mean, I, I was actually I the was festive at, period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody got a little bit too festive, I guess. But uh, I, like I said, I was at the the game against the Devils on uh, last s- Sunday, uh, and I was there with with my friend Gio, and he and I were at. We've actually been to three games last month. We were at that game. We were at the the Winnipeg game where Bar- Barzell had the hat trick. Everybody was happy. I'm glad. I'm glad they won that one because we were there with our kids, so they could see a nice happy win, and it was a good time. But the game we were at before that was the six five loss to Ottawa. Uh, which kind of sort of kicked off this entire run of garbage <laughs> that we've seen lately. And I remember leaving that game going, wow, geez, you're not going to see too many games where you score five goals and lose. Eh, you know, it's one of those things. Hey, what are you going to do? It's just going to be one of those games. I didn't, I didn't even think too much about it because, you know, weird, weird stuff happens. It's hockey. But uh, no, that was, not a, that was not a one-off. That was not a weird thing that happened. That was, that was pretty much the next month. Of for them, where they just gave up an insane amount of goals and scored an insane amount of goals too. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I don't want to say the season is over yet, but again, if that's the way you feel, uh, I cannot, I, I can't give you no. ample evidence that you're wrong. <laughs> so. I, I usually I, I kill the season a lot during a year, a given year. This is this is probably like the second time where I thought that it's over. <laughs> Honestly, true. the the first the first one was. You know, like three weeks ago, probably. So yeah. it's nothing, uh, yeah. nothing too bad. I thought the Islanders were gonna, they were gonna beat Pittsburgh too. Like that was that was yeah. the game. I was like, you know what, they're gonna beat the Penguins. They're gonna. Yeah. That's that's what's gonna kind of turn the ship around. And I was wrong. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I, I felt I I felt confident. Actually, surprisingly, going into that game it was a home game. They had just been shut out the night before, um, and then the Penguins just showed up. And again, just like with the Habs, like I said, it doesn't matter how bad they are. They showed up and they were just the Penguins again. And I know I read all these articles like, oh, wow, this is the springboard they need. Look, they're back. And I'm like, I think it's just that they hadn't played the Islanders yet. And that just changes everything for them because they look at these guys and they think, oh, right, we're the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they just turn back into that team again and they just beat the hell out of the Islanders. And it's 
It's really demoralizing. Um, let's end on a, on a somewhat positive note. We actually have some reviews here. Uh, we haven't had nice. some reviews in a long time, and uh, we appreciate them. Uh, if you can, go to iTunes and uh, leave us a nice review, uh, hopefully with five stars. Uh, and if you can do that uh, and we get them, uh, we'll try, we try to read them here on the air. And uh, we haven't had any in, I don't know, about a year or so. But uh, i got a couple right here, so I'm going to read two of these. Uh, one is called uh, The Best Pod for Isles Fans, and it's by Dr. Fax. Uh, it gives us five stars and says, Funny and knowledgeable hosts give you discussion on all issues casual and hardcore Isles fans care about. Each episode is a breezy, fun listen. Oh, that's very nice. We'll try and be breezy here. Uh, <laughs> and then the second one uh, is from I Can't Putt 55. Is that Johnny Boychuk? You think that's Johnny Boychuk? Can he, can he putt? <laughs> you know? um, and you'll appreciate this. He, he calls us, or he or she, they, uh, I Can't Putt 55, calls us the Wade Dublowitz of podcasts. Oh, perfect. Yeah, pretty much. Um, wow. Great podcast wow. for Islanders insight and nostalgia. I would have voted for Mike Leboff for mayor of Rockville Center. So wow. I don't know if Jesus. that's a family maybe member. That was my, that might, yeah, maybe it's my mom. <laughs> Although she, she probably doesn't know who Wade Dublowitz is. <laughs> and, she uh, actually probably does. She, she, Wade Dublowitz ruined her Easter. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah, think of somebody uh, you know that would know how to properly spell Wade. Yeah, D-U-B-I-E-L-E. W-I-C-Z, yeah, so it's definitely somebody who knows how to spell. It's, it's either Wade Dublowitz. Right. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that would be great if Wade Dublowitz called us the Wade Dublowitz podcast. That would be awesome. Somebody needs to get him on a podcast. He's got to be doing something. Yeah. Uh, I, I, actually, I was friends with him on Facebook. Oh, wow. I think. Or yeah. like I actually might have been friends with like his his like what? wife on Facebook or oh, something yeah. like like his wife when when we were like watching we were like we we're like yeah. cheering him on we're like your husband's the best and like tagging ourselves in pictures of them and <laughs> she she loved it I remember that was in the early days of like Facebook but yeah. uh yeah and I think he's from like Invermere British Columbia uh, so he's probably somewhere? out there in Inver- no I think right. I think he's coaching I'm actually right. pretty certain he's coaching like a like a Miners like midget team or something. Oh, I thought he was going to be one of those guys still playing like the Austrian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, he's uh, I I think he's done. I think he uh, he had his uh, time in the sun and didn't want to didn't want to push it. (laughs) I was going to say, well, he will live on in infamy forever with that that magnificent po check that we all remember so well. So there you go. Well, it's good to be called the Wade Dublowitz of podcast. I guess I guess being called the Wade Dublowitz of podcast is better than being called the uh, Nathan Lawson. There you go. That's his name. No, Nathan, Nathan Lawson. Yeah, they had like Peter. I thought yeah. Nathan Lawson. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> I was someone was someone was I was having an argument in my own head because I heard someone talk about Gar Snow's drafting acu- acumen, and I was like, this is also the guy who drafted Cody Rosen once. <laughs> <laughs> who, who who wasn't yeah. even playing at like Merrimack or some There's, college because he was his friend. I really hope that when Garth's career is over, and I'm not, you know, I mean, whenever that is, I, I hope he writes a book. I, I, he never will because he's such a very buttoned-up dude, but somebody should get him to write a book, and I want to know all of these stories about the contract you were talking about, the Cody Rosen thing, the, the Columbus draft with the whole Ryan Murray, you know, all yeah. the picks thing. I want – it's sort of – think of it like Snopes for Islanders fans from the only guy who would actually know if any of these things are really not. And so like, you know, he would like blow the lid off of all of these conspiracy theories that we've all been been kicking around for so long. And it's, and the fact that he's so buttoned up and, and 
you know, it's, it's, you know, open up a whole other can of worms as we're signing off here. But the fact that he's buttoned up now is pisses me off because as a player, right. he was he was an animated, you know, yeah. He was just like his stick was in your face. He was yelling. He was sure. always talking to people in the media. Yeah. You come, God damn it! You, you what a confused, confusing guy. <laughs> yeah, if he came near your crease, you, he'd whack you, and had a reputation for being quite a trash talker, if I'm not mistaken. Right. You know, so uh, I don't know where that guy is, but uh, <laughs> the guy who's running the team now is pretty much the total opposite. And, and again, you know, we've talked about it again. I, like I said, I don't know about a whole can of th- worms, but like as Islanders fans, we've seen the ex- extremes. Like the guy who won't stop talking and keeps digging his grave further and further into the earth. <laughs> Uh, I would rather have a guy who not say anything because it's, it's, at least he seems like he kind of gets it and it's a little bit smarter than the guy who doesn't. And we all know who I'm talking about. Um, but it, it does get annoying. And, and it, you do wish, you know, especially with, with the team that's that's got so many kind of weird things that happen around it, you would you wish that you would get the real stories. But uh, again, maybe, maybe one day we will. Maybe we'll get a, a, a movie version uh, by uh, Kevin Connolly starring John Travolta as, uh, as Garth Snow. <laughs> Uh, that would be something. <laughs> that would be all right. Well, uh, so we'll talk again in a few weeks. Uh, I guess probably uh, around the All Star break, uh, we'll talk, and uh, hopefully Josh Bailey has uh, won MVP. Uh, congrats to Josh for going to his first All Star game. Congrats to John Tavares for going to his yeah. fifth All Star game. So there you go. Check that out. You know what? Though, if the Islanders do fall apart, I hope that they trade Josh Bailey to a contender. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying that I don't want him back, because I do. I just yeah. hope that I would love for that guy to like, and and that he like becomes the Butch Goring of that team, and just. Right. Yeah. Dominates in the playoffs. That would be pretty cool. That, that would be pretty. I, you know, I've I've never been a huge Bailey guy, but I just you know, yeah. I, at this point, like, I just want to see him get everything. Like, I want to see him yeah. win the Art Ross. I want to see him win the Hart Trophy. The uh, yeah, Hulk everything. <laughs> it's funny. Like, Con Smythe, you name it, whatever. I'm sure you have friends, friends like these two. Like, you know, you have the, your friends who 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 aren't necessarily like Islander fans, like, but they are. Like, they're not diehard Islander fans they wouldn't be able to tell you what's going on with the team but they're they're considered they grew up islander fans and they right. root for the islanders when they're on and like two of them have come up to me and been like i cannot believe that this guy is still on the team and <laughs> i was like yeah like, is he really like doing this well i'm like yeah he, yeah. he is and and it's just really really right. kind of a cool story yeah no uh, it is it is unfortunately those guys are all are, are sometimes also like is rick di pietro with them still it's like, no, <laughs> no 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 they 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 stopped that train a long time ago but yeah no, bailey has been around i mean it's I can't believe he's like 28. It feels like he's been around for 40 years. Man, I was at the draft when they drafted him. And uh, the, I'm not at the draft, but the draft party. And it was a bloodbath because they kept trading down. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was screaming at the Jumbotron. Uh, they wanted Nikita Filatov. Uh, Filatov was the guy. Yeah, we wanted Filatov. And then we wanted, then we wanted the human eraser, Nick Shen, or Luke Shen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never Shen. forget Pierre Luke McGuire Shen. calling him a human eraser. <laughs> and then, was that the uh, oh? It's a double Dion. Was that that year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pierre. Uh, what are you gonna do? All right, uh, we're, we're gonna start talking about Pierre. We're gonna be here all night. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, tell everybody your Twitter handle again. They can follow you there. It's the Big Lebowski. So check out Mike. Uh, Two E's. The Big Lebowski on Twitter. Uh, so he's got fun videos and stuff going on there. Uh, you can follow me, Culture of Losing. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Thank you very much for reviewing us. Thank you very much to Dom uh, for joining with us again. It takes way too long, and, and we're all just we're all just way too busy with way too much stuff going on. Uh, but I'm glad we could finally hook up and talk, and that's always a, a fun time. And uh, we will talk to you again uh, sometime around before or after the All Star break, I guess. All right, enjoy and uh, 
Wish the Islanders good luck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you.